Hey there, and welcome to Truth Be Told, a theology and apologetics podcast not claiming to have all of the answers, but created to analytically look at the truth contained in the Bible and encourage critical thinking on how to apply that truth to our lives. I'm Micah Gunn, and I appreciate you listening in. No matter your level of understanding or knowledge, I sincerely hope and pray that you find these words edifying, informative, and beneficial. So let's get started. So to continue our study of love that we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, we'll be going through the concept or the idea or the phrase, love does not envy, breaking apart all of these qualities of love one by one to really dive into what each of them mean. But before we get into that phrase, I'd like to actually study a different phrase that we also might be very familiar with. Uh, And you might not at first see how these two things relate, but I promise they do if you'll just bear with me for a few minutes in the very beginning here. The phrase I want to start off looking at is actually hate the sin, love the sinner. I think this is a phrase that everybody knows or has heard or probably said themselves at some point, and, and it makes sense to us. This is something that we should all strive to do where we love people as God loves them. But we're not blinded with our love for them to the point that we overlook sin or we water down the implications of a sinful life or even a sinful action for that matter. Uh, The problem is that some people, though, end up growing to be okay with the sin for the sake of loving the sinner. They think that they are loving the sinner by being okay with their sin. But this is not real love. I think Christ shows us real love when he calls us to repentance, even though repentance can be difficult and uncomfortable. Uh, It can be hard sometimes to be rebuked by God, but we know that it's for our best interest. We know that he loves us. And so when we're called to repentance, we know this is a loving thing. And that's because he's outlining the best way for us to live. I'd even go a step further and say, it's not just the best way for us to live. It's actually the way that we are designed to live. I think a good analogy that goes with this that I like to use often is that living God's way is kind of like putting gasoline in a car. The car was designed to be fueled by gasoline. But following human wisdom, on the other hand, would be similar in this analogy to saying something along the lines of, well, gas is expensive and there's a lot of debate over the environmental impact of natural gas. And so I'm going to go ahead and instead of gas, I'm going to put mud in my fuel tank. Well, while your reasoning to a certain extent might make sense that mud is cheap and it's everywhere, ready supply of it, while that might make sense to a point, it's not what your car was made to take. So it's not going to get you anywhere. Love in this analogy is not allowing a person to put mud in their fuel tank because they think it will be better. And after all, who are we to judge? Love is recognizing that mud is going to ruin their car and in the long run be way more expensive and just flat out not work. And then explaining to that person that cars run on gasoline and try and get them to follow general automotive guidelines as opposed to their own reasoning. So hating the sin should influence our love of the sinner. This phrase, hate the sin, love the sinner, 
turns into tolerate the sin and love the sinner, but you can't actually do both of these at once. Hating a sin or calling to repentance through Christ, showing a better way is in fact loving a sinner. And these things are mutually exclusive. And this is the point that I want to draw out as we go into love does not envy. When Paul says that love doesn't envy, he is saying that when you're envious of a person, you're not loving them. This is also mutually exclusive. And I think we, again, might want to separate these two things out. Maybe it's instead of tolerate someone else's sin and love the sinner, it's tolerate our own sin and love someone at the same time. And this just doesn't work. You might say, well, sure, I'm jealous they got that promotion and I wish I got it instead, but I still love them. And I think this is wrong. You might have affection for them. You might not hate them. You might even love things about them, but you are not loving them because love, as we're called to it anyways, is way beyond that. You can't be envious of someone and love them at the same time in this higher love that we're called to because this kind of love that Paul outlines here in 1 Corinthians 13 does not envy. I think that's an important point because sometimes we want to say that love is some of these things some of the times, love does some of these things some of the times, but that's not what Paul says here. He flat out says, love does not envy. Most commentaries have envy here even as a direct synonym to covetousness, which is a sin. And I think this is important too because it further emphasizes that correlation between our relationships with others and our relationship with God. If you, if you sin, uh, you sin against God. So if you sin against man, you also sin against God. I think we're reminded of this in several places in the Bible, one being the story of the prodigal son, where the son comes back and he says, I have sinned against God and against you when he's talking to his father. And then also when Christ is talking to his apostles and he says, as much as you did it to the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So our interactions with other people are direct reflections of our interactions with God. As we serve his people, we're serving God. As we love his people, we're loving God. If we're envious of people, this is an affront against God as well. Studylight.org commentary. It's actually one that I found pretty helpful um, through this study and a few others that I've done. If you want to check it out, they have this to say about love does not envy. They say love is not grieved because another possesses a greater portion of earthly, intellectual, or spiritual blessings. Those who have this pure love rejoice as much at the happiness, the honor, and comfort of others as they could in their own lives. They are ever willing that others should be preferred before them. So when Christ says to love your neighbor as yourself, this really, to me, rings true in love does not envy. If your neighbor gets something, you rejoice because it's a great thing and you're happy for them as much as if you were to get it yourself. Because your love for another person should be seeking to fill their needs or encourage them to attain goals or support them through difficult times. And this speaks to love being kind of a unification, this vulnerable bond that allows for closeness in a relationship. Because your whole life is dedicated to the people you love. Your whole life is spent encouraging, supporting, uplifting, and praying for other people. This is what love is. And this is also why love can hurt so badly when it's lost. Now, I believe that it shouldn't ever be fully lost to some extent because, as we'll read later, love doesn't seek its own. And C.S. Lewis once wrote, 
Uh, love is never wasted for its value does not lie in reciprocity. I absolutely love that quote. But like I said, love does not seek its own. We will get there in this study in time. But there are times where, let's say, um, a family member dies or someone you love hurts or betrays you or someone decides to leave a relationship and cut off their interaction with you. Even though you can still carry on loving that person to a certain extent, it is painful. And this is why it's painful. Because love doesn't envy. Instead, it unifies. It empathizes. It makes the well-being and success and happiness of that person like your own well-being, success, and happiness. It takes on the pain and hardship and it mourns with them. Love doesn't envy because when you truly love a person, you're loving them as yourself. So their joy is your joy and their pain is your pain, etc., etc., etc. This is why it ends up hurting. And I think this is why love does not envy is so important. This is one we might skip over and this is why I'm doing this study. Because so often we just lose sight of some of these qualities as we just read through the verse that we end up knowing so well. And I actually think love does not envy might be like the only or like the last quality of love that any of us can really remember unless we really, really study or really did a lot of memory scriptures, things like that. Um, we often know enough to get the person that we're talking with to know what verse we're meaning. So we'll say, love suffers long and is kind, it does not envy, and we kind of trail off at that point. But at that point we're trailing off, we're kind of thinking ahead of like, what's next? I, I don't even know what's next. Uh, something about parading and something about uh, believes all things. And, and we kind of have a gist of what the verse says, but because it's used so often and so commonly, we don't stop and look at these things individually. And I think love does not envy being the last one we remember is almost the one we probably overlook the most because we know to get to that point. But again, by the time we get to it, we're already thinking ahead to the ones we don't remember. So for me, I hope as I read through this verse more and more often, um, not just in studying this, but then if I go to a church and read it or it's brought up at a wedding, I hope when it goes to love does not envy, I hope in my mind I can load in the phrase because it unifies. Love does not envy because when you truly love a person, you're loving them as yourself. I, I hope that loads into my brain and I can get it into my brain because all of these qualities are, are so, so important. I'd like to turn to one last scripture with you before we close. And that is actually in 1 Corinthians 12, just one chapter prior to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, talking about spiritual gifts and then moving right on into love in 1 Corinthians 13. I want to start reading in verse 26. And this, I think, really, really captures what Paul is saying when he means love does not envy. He says, And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. This to me is exactly what he wrote when he wrote love does not envy. So hopefully this gives you a little bit of context for the phrase love does not envy and maybe even turns it from a phrase into a concept or an idea or something to strive for because as we're going through this study one quality of love at a time my hope is that we are not just reading what the Bible says, but then applying that to our lives. So that's kind of a two-step process, thinking critically about what the Bible says, but then applying what the Bible says directly to our lives. So this study on love is meant to, uh, one, teach us more about who God is, because God is love. 
also teach us what we're expected to do as we, we become more like God, and then also to know what we should expect from others when we expect love from them. So I, I hope you've enjoyed this study so far. I hope you continue to stay tuned for the ones we have coming up. I have a few different requests for things, actually, that I'll be doing episodes on soon. If you'd like to make a request that I study something and do a podcast episode on it, you can always email me at truthbetoldbiblepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, I really appreciate you guys listening, sharing, rating, reaching out to me, and just giving me encouragement. I really do appreciate that. I might be one person sitting behind a tiny desk with a microphone but this is far more than a one-person project, and you guys are all very much a part of it. So thank you all very much for just being along with me for these studies. Until next time, continue to study your Bibles, continue to think critically about them, and hopefully apply some of those truths that we learned to your lives. Have a great day, everybody.